This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, we've got brand new EerieCast merch. Just go to www.eeriecast.store and pick up a shirt featuring your favorite show, such as Tales from the Break Room and Unexplained Encounters. It supports us and you get something neat. That's www.eeriecast.store. And yes, those W's are required. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Dead and Roasted. What can I get you? I couldn't imagine Dead and Roasted being more haunted than it already is. Doors and windows opening and closing on their own. Shadow people dipping their dirty shadow fingers in the coffee just before it goes out to the customer. Every time you yawn, a ghost shoves its, oh, hey, you caught me uh, rambling to myself in the break room again. Sorry about that. But hey, while you're here, I've got some brand new, allegedly true, scary work stories to share with you. Sit back, have a sip of the shadow person roast, and enjoy these tales from the break room. At home and at work. From Tisa, 26. I work in an army museum in my home country. Way out in the middle of nowhere next to one of the largest training camps in the nation, there is only a tiny town with a bar, a motel, a petrol station, and two takeaways. Due to my job, I live in the camp itself, which has led me to have a number of encounters of a somewhat iffy nature. For a bit of background, I've been raised as and still practice as a Christian, whilst at the same time maintaining a healthy respect and at times involvement in spirituality. This is mainly due to my mother's family having the gift of the sight, though they seem to specialize more in predictions than anything else, 
going back at least six generations, though it appears to have skipped me somewhat. My father also acknowledges the existence of what many dub the paranormal, but to the three of us, it's simply nature that hasn't been properly studied or explored yet. As a result, the concepts of spirits or ghosts don't fill me with dread or excitement, they're merely as much a part of life as death itself. They simply have to be respected, as one might respect any other person, then there shouldn't be a problem. Though much like the living, sometimes one has to get stern. The first incident was in my old room in the army camp, in a building that hasn't really been improved since the early 70s. Our rooms are individual and locked, and my room was on the first floor, with no fire escape, meaning it's impossible to get in or out through the window. At around 0100 in the morning one day, I woke up abruptly, something that doesn't really happen normally. I found my sheets all scrunched up at the foot of my bed. Still mostly asleep, I blindly fumbled in the dark to grab them and pull them back over me. As I was holding them to my chin, I distinctly felt two hands grip either side of my own and try to violently yank the sheets back down again. Now much more awake, I opened my eyes and I glared straight up at where someone should be leaning over me. I was thinking it was someone who barged into my locked room, intending to give them stick. Imagine my surprise when no one was there. Quickly realizing what the situation must be, I began to speak, bluntly telling whoever it was still tugging on my sheets that it was no longer their room. It was mine, and they needed to let go or I'd go get the padre, the military priest. The tugging suddenly lessened, with one last yank on the sheets before it stopped entirely. Now, due to the sheer volume of paranormal activity in this camp, I mentioned the situation the next day with some of the older residents of the barracks, only to be told that that room had belonged to a sergeant only about seven or so years ago, and that night was the anniversary of his suicide. I've since moved rooms, not related to this incident, and I've not had any further difficulties, at least not in the barracks, though there are certain barracks in this camp where the issues are so bad that some recruits and even senior staff have to carry Bibles around at night. At the museum, it's a different story. There are several areas in the museum where the more sensitive among us get nervous or uncomfortable. Small children often even refuse to go near some of these places, and those that do brave them will occasionally ask about people that aren't there. For the first year or so of my employment, I was usually one of the first people on site in the morning, meaning that I was in charge of unlocking the place and switching on the lights, etc. Clearly able to feel multiple eyes watching me, I began saying good morning to these unseen folks, chattering about current events, the weather, and even singing as I unlocked every morning. I treated them as I would wish to be treated, especially if my soul was trapped in such a place. Much to my consternation, I soon found that one of my bosses who I was struggling with, and occasionally venting about while unlocking, started reporting they felt very uncomfortable in one or two of these areas, 
In fact, they felt as if they were viciously hated while in that location. Once I stopped talking about the issues, over the next month, that particular boss commented that the fear they felt in that area had significantly lessened, though still they felt disapproved of. The key moment for my relationship with these residents, as we call them, was after a weekend of chaos. All the electronics in the building had been on the fritz, even lights had been going weird. Finally, at the end of the day, I was locking up one of the non-public areas, which is a well-known and feared hotspot for activity, with even the head curator and senior staff steering clear unless it's well lit. I was doing my usual talking to them. I casually said, Well, what set you lot off today? When I said that, the light was still on, and I hadn't opened the door to get back into the public areas. The next thing I remember is being on my hands and knees, about 20 meters beyond the door, panting in the most paralyzing sense of fear, as the door, with the lights off, slammed shut behind me. To this day, I'm not sure if it was my upbringing or something else, but I picked myself up off the ground, my fear almost immediately replaced by murderous fury, a kind of primal rage which truly was disturbing looking back at it. Striding back to the door, I unlocked it, yanked it open, and stepped into the darkness, glaring into it, and in a snarling voice that didn't even sound like my own, I said, if you ever do that again, I'll burn you all. Good night, God bless. Then I slammed the door shut myself. Several years later, I still work there, and while I often see, hear, or feel rather unexplainable things, and at times hair-raising things occur, I've never had anything unpleasant happen. Though the same cannot be said for all my colleagues, many of whom still scoff at the idea, despite their own experiences I've been present for. One of these incidents occurred with three of us present. When leaving the museum, the alarms are naturally the last part of the process, but the building is old, poorly built, and barely maintained, meaning that sometimes things just don't work. When that happens, we have to go through the museum in the inky darkness and see if it's something like an improperly sealed door or some such. On one such event, it just so happened that the three of us, all blokes, were there, and as none of us wanted to go in on our own, we all opted to go in together. Despite checking every door with our phone torches and always staying closed, we couldn't find any issues. Now, inside this museum is a Bailey Bridge, which has some loose wooden floorboards, which make a very distinct thud when stepped on. Knowing there was no one else in the building, we crossed that bridge, and we were discussing what the problem could be on the exit side, when all three of us heard the distinct and surprisingly loud thud of the first floorboard of the bridge being stepped on. All three of us shone our torches on the bridge as footsteps began striding across it towards us. As the footsteps came closer, it was obvious in the torchlight that there was no one there. As my two colleagues bolted towards the exit, I rushed out an apology for coming in too late and quickly followed behind them. I also occasionally will have things like drawers slammed as I pass them, especially if it's been a quiet week, 
or if I haven't been talking to them as much as they would like. To this day, I still say my good mornings and update the residents on what's happening in the outside world. They seem to appreciate it, and I must admit that while some staff hate going into any of the hotspot areas, I usually feel comforted and protected in these places. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fresh Air from Volv. I was a maintenance worker at an assisted living facility. There were only two of us that helped maintain the facility of over 200 residents that lived there. This facility was newer, having been built in the early 2000s, if I recall correctly, so you wouldn't expect there to be any hauntings or creepy encounters, but you'd be wrong. This encounter comes from our memory care section. There's around 25 rooms in this area for residents requiring extensive care due to their inability to perform day-to-day -day tasks. For the most part, they're the dementia and Alzheimer's residents of the facility. Part of my job was to remodel rooms once they became vacant, whether by the resident moving or moving on, if you catch my phrasing. Part of the remodeling involved things such as removing old cabinetry, replacing outlets, painting drywall, some plumbing, along with any other small improvements needed to make the room upgraded from the original. The room I was in at the time was room 11. It was the largest of the rooms on the memory care side, big enough that the previous resident and their husband both stayed in the room together without issue. I was in the process of tearing out the old cabinets when the thought crossed my mind of opening a window so that the dust didn't fill the air in the room while I worked. It was springtime, and there was a nice, gentle breeze coming in from the window as I worked. 
Once I had gathered sufficient garbage to be disposed of, I walked over to the window and I closed it before leaving the room to throw all these items into the dumpster. These windows were what I would call crank windows, meaning that you needed a small handle to operate the crank so the window would swing open outward. Usually, the handle is removed from the windows to prevent the residents from opening the windows and venturing into the gated courtyard without anyone knowing. Unfortunately, this was a lesson learned the hard way a few times. Before leaving the room, I had removed the handle as well, just in case someone made their way into the room I was currently working in. It wasn't likely, as the door was locked, but I didn't take many chances, as some of the residents were rather crafty. I put the garbage into the large bin and returned to the room. As I entered, I immediately noticed that the window that I had closed was now open. Ah, I must not have latched it, I thought to myself. Then I continued to collect more garbage to throw out. This time before leaving, I closed and latched the window. I went to the garbage bin and threw away the trash I collected, returning to the room and once again, that window was open. Now a bit more puzzled by the situation, I just stood there for a moment, staring at the open window. After I had sufficiently looked at this window with no answers, I ventured over to the nurse assistant's area and asked my friend Mandy if she or any of the other nurse assistants had gone into room 11. She replied, No, we know you're working in there, and we don't really feel like getting covered in drywall dust or whatever else has accumulated in there over the years. She then sees the confusion on my face. She asks what's going on. Instead of explaining everything, I ask her to come with me for a second. After some hesitation, she agreed to follow me to room 11. We both walked into the room, and I pointed at the window that was currently open. She just looked at me like, Yeah, good job, that's indeed an open window. I walked over to the window and attached a handle to close it. Having successfully closed the window, I then showed Mandy that it's latched as well. I led her outside the room, and while standing outside with the door closed, I said, Now, you saw me close and latch the window, right? She nodded, still confused. I then unlocked the door and opened it. We both almost couldn't believe our eyes. The window was wide open. Mandy looked at me and said, Very funny. I'll bet your boss is hiding in here and you're just trying to prank me. She begins looking around the room and the closet and bathroom, yet finds no one. We both just kind of stood there for a moment. Then Mandy broke the silence. Do it again. So I walk over to the window, closing and latching it. But this time, Mandy herself checks the latch to make sure it's actually latched. We then stepped outside the room once again for maybe 30 seconds, then opened the door. Behold, the window was open once again. In my mind, I wanted to say some sort of cheesy catchphrase like, Ta-da! as if I had anything to do with this phenomenon. We both said nothing, though, for several minutes, until Mandy just turned and walked away, giving some excuse like she's got to be back to work. I thought she was lucky as my work was in that room for the day.
Day two and three in the room were just a repeat of the first day. The fourth day was not, however. While replacing some of the electrical outlets by the window, I saw movement out of the corner of my eye, and when I looked, it was of course the window opening. By this point, I had almost accepted the phenomenon, but I remember one very crucial thing. These windows were old, or the same age as the building. That would mean the cranks were too, and they wore out, which also could lead them to not holding or even opening on themselves, possibly. I stopped doing electrical and ran upstairs to the maintenance office to grab a new crank assembly for the window. It took me about 20 minutes total to remove the old crank and put a brand new one on. Then I tested the window several times, opening it, closing it, making sure there weren't any slips in the gears and that it was strong. Finally, content with my work, I latched the window closed and stood there for a moment to see if the window would open. It didn't. I thought myself a fool for getting spooked by such a silly thing as an old window crank assembly. I chuckled at myself as I continued to work on the electrical in the room. I was replacing the electrical outlet right below the window, when suddenly I felt a cold breeze envelop me. I looked up and I saw the window unlatched and wide open again. I don't know how long I sat there, looking at this window being wide open. My jaw was probably on the floor, as I was so shocked, having believed the problem was solved. That window continued to open itself throughout almost all the remodeling. The carpet guys had even asked me if I believed the facility was haunted. It wasn't until later that I found out one of the carpet guys had watched the window open and close itself right in front of him. I thought this was rather odd. I'd only seen the window open, not close itself. After the carpet guy's experience of the window opening and closing, there wasn't anything else. It was almost as if whatever it was just needed a bit of fresh air during all that remodeling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Intruder in the Grapevines From So Nora A couple of summers ago, I ended up working in the small garden outside my work, due to our workload slowing down in the summer. I worked at a factory that was surrounded by olive trees and other trees, like apricot, peach, cherry, pear, and apple trees. Beyond the tree line, on one of the short ends of the small rectangular garden, there were a bunch of tall, thick weeds and shrubbery. On the garden fence itself at that end, thick tangled grapevines had overgrown on the fence for the garden and on the chain link perimeter fence for the property line in that area. It was a particularly hot day as it was July. The hummingbirds buzzed near the feeders and other birds were singing their summer songs. 
I greeted our factory dog, Buddy, who was lazing outside the garden in the shade of an olive tree. He gazed up at me with his neon-like blue eyes and wagged his black and white fluffy tail at me, before dozing off again. I continued to chat at Buddy as I worked, just off in my own safe little world. As I worked, though, I began to vaguely notice the sounds of bushes and shrubbery rustling slightly, which I blew off as just the breeze. But after a few minutes more, I realized the rustling sounds were pretty constant, and after briefly glancing around myself at the other trees, I noticed there didn't appear to be any breeze that hot July day. I then figured it was probably Buddy, sniffing around in the bushes or something like that. But then as I turned back towards the garden entrance for a shovel, there was Buddy. He was still lazing around in the same place. Now, if you know dogs, then you know that Buddy should have been losing his crap right then. Yet, he was just resting there. I decided to give it a couple of more minutes, just to make sure. It could have been my husband, who also worked at the factory with me, or it could have been my boss or another co-worker, for all I knew. But as I nonchalantly paid attention to what I was hearing, I could tell that the movements were slow and deliberate. Whoever or whatever was in the grapevines and bushes was moving precisely. My heart began to race as I imagined a bear or a mountain lion stalking me. I then sneaked out of the garden entrance, stepping over a couple of feet to investigate. It was pretty difficult to see through the thick shrubbery beyond the olive and cherry trees. I had to really focus, like when you try to see one of those hidden 3D images. Once I focused, though, I started to see movement beyond the grapevines and bushes and weeds. After a few seconds, I began to make out the shape of human legs. Whoever was in there was wearing a pair of medium fade blue jeans and black hiking or maybe work boots. All I could think at the moment was, holy crap, there's someone in there. They were moving away from me and towards the railroad tracks beyond the chain link perimeter fence. All I could think to do at that point was to walk around the perimeter fence and up to the railroad tracks to see this person from a slight vantage point. I knew they would be trapped by the perimeter fence, which was hidden by the grapevines. Once I got up there, I saw the man crouched down next to the chain link fence, staring right back at me. It was so strange to me what he was wearing, as it was over 100 degrees out that day. He'd be extremely hot wearing all that. As he stared at me with dark, beady, close-set eyes, I managed to ask him, uh, who are you, and why are you here? Instead of answering, he simply continued to stare at me, unblinking. His face pale, he didn't say a word to me. He sat there frozen. Looking back, I don't think he actually blinked or moved one bit. So I gave up after a few seconds and went into the factory to tell somebody about it. I found my husband first, but he pretty much just dismissed it. So then I went to my boss. Together, we both went back out to the garden to investigate, but no one was there then. 
just Buddy casually wandering into the bushes towards the tracks. Buddy, being a dog, should have been alarmed, and yet he wasn't, which was weird to my boss as well. Just then, my other co-worker arrived with his dog, who was promptly sent to investigate the area. Meanwhile, the other co-worker went inside the factory to get the forklift, which he drove outside to us. Then we had my husband lift the forklift as high as he could, while my other co-worker stood on the forks to have a vantage point to be able to really get a good look around for the guy, or maybe even a car leaving or something of the sort. But he didn't find anything. Once we got back inside the factory, in my boss's air-conditioned office, the boss had something interesting to tell us about the night before. First off, he informed us all that we had no running water in the whole industrial park. The interesting part came when he explained why there was no water. Apparently, the night before, a couple of guys tried to steal a big rig from one of the businesses located up past us in the park. When they tried to escape with the truck after nearly getting caught, they tried to jump the thing across a small creek where the water main coming into the industrial park happened to be. They, of course, didn't make it, and they ended up smashing the water main to all the businesses in the park. I have no real idea if the intruder amongst the grapevines was related to that incident or not, but we did end up calling the sheriff, just in case. They came out and took a report, getting a description of the intruder from me. Of course, none of the outside security cameras caught it, since it was behind the tree line and amongst the heavy shrubbery. So I guess I'll never really know. Tales from the Break Room is a viewer-submitted podcast featuring allegedly true scary stories that happened on the way to, on the way from, or at work. If you want your story to be narrated on the show, send it to us at eeriecast.com submit. As of April 14th, we're paying three cents per word for stories that are approved and make it onto the show. Submission does not guarantee approval or payment. For a limited time only, PayPal only. Tales from the Break Room is an EerieCast Network original podcast hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him on Twitter at Dark Prevails, and you can hear thousands more stories read by him on our other show, Unexplained Encounters. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also enjoy plenty more horror-themed podcasts at EerieCast.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.